1: Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com.
2: Hi and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I am Ben Boland. Ben, you know what I want to do today? What do you want to do I today? I'm to start out today's podcast by mentioning our website again. Oh yes, our website, carstuffshow.com. That's right. And there's so much there. I mean, people that, you know, go to iTunes or wherever and get their information, you know, their, their podcast. Sure. That's fine still. But you can go to carstuffshow.com and get the podcast. You can read the blog. Mm-hmm. You can see photos of you and I. Um, you can look at videos that we're producing and we're, we're releasing those. Uh, I think it's once a week at this point. Yeah. Uh, but we're doing all kinds of fun stuff there. So, you know, again, check out carstuffshow.com. There's just a lot going on there. It's a brand new thing. For for us Mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lot to just kind of poke around and and look at so
3: yeah we're super excited it's an easy way to find our podcast too Um, we've got the whole catalog because we've been doing this for a while so you can just cruise through that list and uh check out anything that you're looking for which will really help listeners who Wanna give us some um, suggestions about things that we should yeah. be covering.
2: And speaking of listeners who give us suggestions, we have one uh, today, right? Today's topic.
3: Yes, sir. Uh, Alex from Connecticut writes to us. Now, Alex wrote to us. Hey, he wrote to us this year, so we're, we're doing better. Oh, wow. <laughs> we're, we're catching up. <laughs> we're really caught up. Yeah. Look at us honor students. Um, so Alex says, Hey guys, I was listening to your episode on the Carmen Gia, and it got me interested in the history of cars. I took a look through your episodes and I didn't notice this one. But what about the history of the Austin Cooper Mini? It's got a ton of history behind it, so I thought it would be a good episode. Ah, forehead slap! I, I cannot, know.
2: I cannot believe we haven't done the Mini yet. I know we've talked about Minis along the way, yeah. Uh, but you know my my focus on this one. Now we talked about this off air, of course. You know, before mm-hmm. we came in here, we've done a lot of research on this stuff. I think we we decided to break it up into two sections, really. And, uh, we haven't even started the second section yet, so I'm not promising number two here yet, but Mm -hmm. we're gonna, we're gonna talk about the classic mini today, which is the, uh, the production version from 1959 through 2000. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows the classic Mini. Uh, they also know the new Mini. And we're not talking about the new BMW Mini, although mm. there'll be little spots here and there where it gets a mention. It comes up. It, it does here and there. But, uh, but for the most part, we're going to focus on the classic Mini going all the way back to 1959.
3: And let me just say before we get started that that was a forehead slap moment for me too. It happens sometimes because we've touched on something in an earlier episode and I get, I, I feel like, oh, we've already Covered this one, and I thought, "Oh, this is going to be a piece of cake." Because yeah, surely I have notes for this. Yeah,
2: but you know what it is? I think that along the way, and here's here's the uh, the, the was it rabbit hole? Is that what you call it? The yeah. rabbit hole that I fall into mm-hmm. when uh, when I'm doing research, I'll get sidetracked so easily. That let's say we were talking about something else and the mini was part of that. and then mm-hmm. I start looking into the mini and on my own, without you know even being part of our show or anything, I just start reading about it and I learn the whole history of it. And then I look at variants of it. And then I look at mini clubs and then I mm-hmm. look at all kinds of different things. and pretty soon you feel like you've done a show on it because you've you've read so much about it or, or learned so much about it. Sure. And then you know months later you think, didn't we do something about that? Didn't we already cover that? But it turns out it just got maybe a sentence or two mentioned in the podcast. Right. So
3: I, I uh, do the same thing with YouTube, man. Don't feel bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> same way. Yeah. So I mean, it's like a, before you know it, half a day is gone. So Alex, we apologize for not doing the mini. We're going to talk about it right now, and uh-huh. uh, and let's get started with oh, uh, what
3: I can. I can get us started with a little bit of a precursor.
2: Oh, let's do that instead some of the
3: circumstances that led to the many. Sounds good. Uh, so the 1956 Suez crisis, the fuel crisis, causes a shortage of fuel that is both unexpected and drastic. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the things that leads to the impetus um, for Leonard Lord to uh, start working on what he called
2: the Amalgamated Drawing Office Project Number 15. (laughs) Okay, so Leonard Lord, he was the chairman of uh, the British Motors Corporation, right? Yes. BMC. And um, he actually ordered um, a a vehicle, and this is created out of necessity. The Mini Mm -hmm. was created out of, out of, you know, a, a situation where, you know, we don't really have anything to, any way to adapt to this right now. We don't want this to happen again. What are we going to do to fix this for next time? Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, Leonard Lord says, you know, cha- again, chairman of BMC says, we need a small, fuel efficient economy car that will fit the bill. We just don't have that right now. Now they were making, you know, smaller cars already, but nothing that was really, really fuel efficient, nothing that was, uh, a, a, I guess the, the, just the, the epitome of an, an economy car, the, the mm-hmm. most basic form of transportation that you could have really. And, uh, he, he's, Got a guy on, on his uh, team there who was a um, – ah, boy, I'm going to mess up his name. He's the uh, the BMC engineer in charge of the whole thing, the automotive engineer. His name is Alec Isigonis. I thought that was really good. Maybe. I'm going to uh, – should I spell it? I don't uh, know. Maybe and, not
3: Yeah Maybe not. You know what? Just for safety, uh,
2: I-S-S-I-G-O-N-I-S. Okay. And later, Sir Alec. Uh, mm-hmm. So he was knighted at some point, and I would assume Ben. I'm, I'm going to have to dig into him, but um, I believe that uh, he was knighted for his work on this because this vehicle that he designed uh, eventually became a British icon. It was a it's something that is you know completely tied to uh, British style and mm-hmm. British. Uh, I guess just the British landscape, really. I mean, it became so tied in with uh, with their culture and uh, and everything about you know. A, well, just Brit- well, British culture—it's
3: really. up there with the Aston Martin and the Triumph.
2: Yeah, I know think. I'm stumbling over what what to say here, but it, it's just it's, it's unmistakably British.
3: Yeah, and it uses. Uh- British components as well. It's got, oh, we should talk. All right. His specifications were interesting. Oh, yeah. He said it needs to fit in a box. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> it's a very small box. And that's, uh, I read the same thing. So maybe we were getting some information from the same, same place here, but, um, he wanted to design something for maximum use with minimum space, right? Mm-hmm. And the exterior dimensions, he did design the vehicle to fit in a box. And the box was small. Do you know how small it was? It was like 10 by four by Four? Yeah, ten by four by four. It's so small. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you were to lay that out, if stretch it out with a uh, a ruler on the ground mm-hmm. or something, and uh, and figure out how big this is, not very big at all. And uh, I mean, it's so the limits are set for the exterior dimensions. What are you going to do with the interior to make it work for four, you know, four adults to be carried in this thing? Oh, right. Uh, That's right. It's still a four seater. And, I mean, you've got the problem of where, at this point, where does the engine go? Because mm-hmm. most, most engines were, were mounted, um, you know, so that the, you know, the rear wheel drive. Right. Um, and he switched that around. He mounted the engine transversely, uh, so that it became a front wheel drive vehicle. And a lot of vehicles, of course, we know, tra- you know, kind of, Mm-hmm. Well, transferred that idea over to their own design. And they
3: had to, uh, find, they wanted to save money so they couldn't build a new engine they Mm -hmm. had to
2: find one that was already around yeah that's right so they used the uh the bmc a series engine that was already there it was an 848 cc version of that engine and uh what's kind of funny about this is that you know when they when they switched it to the transverse mount they had to find out a way to fit the transmission in there as well for the front wheel drive right and uh so they they created this uh this front wheel drive transmission that um shares the oil sump With with the engine, Mm -hmm. so it's all one lubrication system for the engine and the transmission. And again, you know, this is 1959, so you got to remember what's going on at the time. This is uh, this is really pretty advanced uh, for for an economy car at this time. But again, it's it's trying to do a lot with a very little.
3: Right, and that's not the only that's not the only innovative change they made. They also had a reverse pitch for the radiator and the engine
2: mounted fan. See, that's all to save space. It's yeah. so small. Have you ever seen the front have you ever been uh in I guess in the presence of a of a classic mini and looked under the hood? I've seen videos of it. Okay. It's very, very small. I mean yeah. when you're when you're looking at it, it's like well you, you look at the front end and you're like, well where's the engine? It's gotta be in the back. But the, no, there's no, it's not in the back. It's in the front and it's a very tiny hood or bonnet at want to stacked in there
3: it. like Tetris
2: pieces. It's very, very small. And, uh, you know, of course they moved the wheels all the way out to the four corners of the thing mm-hmm. so that, you know, that had independent suspension, um, and these kind of innovative rubber cone springs at the time. Right.
3: Instead of the regular springs, it's, right?
2: Exactly. And so, you know, another thing that that did was it gave it incredible handling because, you know, the, the wheels are way out at the corners mm-hmm. and, and there's no wheel arches within the, uh, within the box but it kind of gave it like go-kart handling right is yeah. that the phrase that keeps pop- popping up it still does even with the uh, and here's our first mention of it the uh, the BMW mini right? Uh, right so so you know a lot of them say they have uh, i think they call it whiptastic handling in the BMW version right <laughs> but a lot of people will will say Go kart handling with the original Mini, and uh, and that's truly the case. Um, and that's part of the reason is because the wheels are set so far out to the corners. And look at the back; I mean, the, the wheels are way, way in the back. The arches don't even impede into the into the passenger area at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's very well designed exterior, interior, just maximum use of space. Now it's got a um, a top speed of only seventy miles per hour. The the classic does mm-hmm. um, fuel economy though, Ben. This is uh, this is important fuel economy and this is what it was built for remember right really really high right yeah let me wait i'm doing the numbers 50 miles per gallon oh you beat me to it oh sorry oh did you want me to wait for no it? no no oh that's fine i'll let you reveal some secrets later how about that all right all right deal. so 50 miles per gallon on this on the classic mini which and, is uh,
3: enormously impressive in this time period
2: it's enormously impressive now I mean it's it's really yes, right. impre- it really is I mean this isn't a hybrid this is an electric car this is uh, this is a gas powered car an economy car that gets 50 miles per gallon and uh, I'm going to tell you at the very end of the podcast I want to do a little um, like a specs back and forth between a 1964 and a uh, let's say a 2006 that's great uh, yeah. mini versions and and it'll kind of give you an idea of, of why uh, they were able to achieve 50 miles per gallon versus what they do now um but I guess best of all, and, and the one thing that I want to I focus on here is that these things are fun to drive. Mm. Um, you know, the, you know, he he made this economy car that was uh, was exactly what they wanted, what they asked for. Uh, but he also gave it a little bit of flair. Yeah, it well, wasn't that, just boring. No, 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 it wasn't a boring car at all. As a matter of fact, mm. it, was, uh, it was. People were. I don't oh, know, they're really excited about driving it. I mean, they, they, they became like an enthusiast, thing. you know, um, they kind of have a, a cult favorite for a short amount of time, and then it became just a widely known favorite. Yep. Um, and not only that, racers started to, you know, kind of gravitate toward this thing and said, you know, like, this thing has got amazing handling capabilities. We just maybe need to get a bigger engine in this thing. Huh, right. And it's also, uh, let's, let's emphasize
3: that part of the aim here was to simplify the construction. Now, mm-hmm. I know that sounds a little bit, um, in conflict with the stuff we said earlier about the innovations in the engine, but they wanted a, again, part of an economy cars that it should be very well made and very simply made. Mm-hmm. And so this also, um, as we might see later, has some interesting, poses interesting opportunities for modification, right? Sure. Uh, but before we jump into that part, Scott, I think it's time for, for us to take a break for a word from our sponsor. Sounds good. <laughs>
1: Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers. Only service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. All
2: right. And we're back. And, you know, we mentioned that as we were going into break that uh, that we were talking about modifications, really. Ooh. And, uh, you know, there were there were some racers that were kind of, you know, interested in this thing. They wanted to use it for racing and road rally use. And, uh, you know, it was already nimble and pretty quick but they just wanted just a little bit more power out of these things so BMC joined up with uh with the Cooper car company to build two variants of the Mini uh for competition and these variants became extremely popular they were just these wildly popular versions of the Mini and they were the, the Mini Cooper and the Mini Cooper S um obviously from the Cooper car company name and, and you know you can look up Cooper car company and find out some of the uh the, the fantastic race cars that they had produced you know, before this, or and and through this, as a matter of fact, they continued to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Cooper and the Cooper S models, uh, they went on to win a lot of different rallies and and races all over the world, really. Um, maybe the most infamous or famous, I guess, well, let's call it infamous, infamous. Uh, was the uh, the Monte Carlo Rally, and uh, they took the championship there three years. Although there's a fourth year that has kind of an asterisk with it. What, why is that? Well, in 1964, they had an outright win, in 1965, outright win, and in 1967, the same thing, outright win. Uh, but in 1966, uh, there were actually four cars that finished that were disqualified. The first four cars that finished were disqualified. Three of those were minis, another one was a Ford Cortina. Ooh. And they were disqualified because, and again, the minis won the 1966 race for real, but um they were disqualified afterward after the race because they found out that get this Ben, the headlights were illegal that they used in them. and oh, uh, the configuration of the of the filaments in the in the headlights. um, so they were using um, iodine vapor. Uh, single filament bulbs instead of using these double filament dipping bulbs, which is what they're supposed to be using. Oh man! And and that is the reason that they 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 were disqualified. And I think that entire race um, for the 1966 race in Monte Carlo, there was something like ten cars that were disqualified that year, and it really hurt the credibility of that whole Monte Carlo event. And uh, you know, a lot of people were well really upset about the whole thing. You know that, uh, and many should have had four wins in a row there. But they ended up yeah. with the 64, 65, and 67 win.
3: Oh, and we should also talk about the – in addition to this variants, we should – I I'd hate to go back a little bit, but we should talk about when the Mini actually emerged. And it, it, you could first uh, see it in the, as a member of the British public in 1959 in April. And uh, it was announced in August um, as something that would be selling – but when they announced it, this is weird, when they announced it in August, they had already sent, like, 2,000 cars uh, to a little bit less than 100 countries
2: to show them off. Really? So yeah. there was a, a huge push for this thing initially. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I read somewhere, and I don't have a number for this exactly, but I read somewhere that even in that first year, in 1959, they built something like ten, more than 10,000 cars. Uh, so from August through December 31st, they built mm-hmm. some... Uh, high volume of cars. And, uh, and that's gonna come up later because, um, well, you know what? Let's just say it. I mean, between 1959, Mm -hmm. uh, August of 1959 and October of 2000, 5.3 million Minis were produced and, and came off the line. So, um, man, that's a, that's an awful lot of cars. I mean, we're, we're pushing into the, uh, you know, the Ford Model T, you know, region of how many cars? Now, I mean, oh, right. That's well, good. sort of, I guess. wasn't Wasn't that like fifteen million or something like that? It was. It was over the top. But yeah,
3: but five point three million is huge.
2: That's a long production run. I mean, what is that? That's forty one years. Mm. And uh most cars, mm, I'm going to say most cars. You know, like most. Most lines of vehicles don't yeah. really have a 41 year production cycle, so um, you know 5.3 million—that's an awful lot of vehicles. And you know that Ford and his Model T—he was really cranking those out, right? But yeah. uh, but still, 5.3—that's that's a huge number. And later, I mean, towards the end, I want to I want to mention some awards that this thing received, and and uh, that that comes back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, we, we talked about uh, the Mini, we talked about the Cooper, we talked mm-hmm. about the Cooper S. Um, you know these these kind of outstanding versions of this thing well there are a lot of different versions i guess really there's um yeah you know, a lot of these different variants right
3: right there's um there are, of course the the mark one which ran till 67 there's the mark two but then there are also um there are also some versions that were uh tempting to be a bit more luxurious maybe uh, a <laughs> bit more high dollar right sure, yeah. and that would be stuff like the riley elf uh the Wolseley hornet and uh There are – what's interesting about these variants, before I I get too overboard with it, is that a lot of them were – not a lot of them, but some of them were made by different companies.
2: Yeah, that's right, because it wasn't, Mini wasn't just built by the British Motor, Motor Corporation, as we mentioned earlier. Now, British Motor, Motor Corporation, or BMC, was only around from, well, they were around prior to this, but, um, they were only in charge of the, the Mini operation from 1959 to 1968. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, British Leland took over, over mm-hmm. production, and that was from 1968 to 1986, and then eventually Rover Group, uh, took over production again, uh, and that was in 1986 to 2000. So right. three main players there, really. Mm-hmm. So we see, so that's where we see stuff
3: like the Riley Elf in 68. Um, a company named Alfie in Spain. Uh, made, uh, some mini variants, uh, starting in 1968 as well. Mm-hmm.
2: So it wasn't just, uh, just British built or British owned, I guess, companies that, that threw out. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were, well, it just, you know, that's part of the, uh, the international flair of this vehicle, right? True. The, uh, the, uh, the appeal of this thing. Now you mentioned, uh, you know, the different marks of this thing now. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of different marks. It went all the way through Mark 7. Right. Um, Mark 7 was launched in 1996 all the way through, you know, the end of, uh, the, well, the, the end of the classic production. 2000. And along the way, of course, you know, Mark, Mark 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, they all had their own, you know, interesting little twists and turns. Most of them were like, you know, just a little different engine size. They switched something around in the interior. Sure. It wasn't a dramatic, they, they didn't do a complete overhaul of the whole thing, really.
3: And right. They weren't remixes. They were really more small variations on a theme. Mm-hmm. But there were also, there were also uh, things that we should mention um, that many also did, such as the uh, two door version, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the truck and the van. See, the, the truck and the van, especially for such a, a small footprint for a vehicle. Um, when I saw these, if, if, I, I first saw one of these years ago in a picture, not in real life. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, somebody made that at his own house or in his own garage, or that's photoshopped.
2: No, they have that uh, that that kind of look to them. I know what you're talking about mm. the uh, the the truck version especially. Yeah. Um. I I'm a big fan of the of the other variants of this, the van and the truck body. Yeah. Uh, they just look so unusual. They have a really interesting uh, body line to them. I mean, I, mean, it, the, I like the, this. I like the two door, you know, saloon. The While yeah. well, the, uh, the I guess it's not a, a sedan really, but yeah, it's a saloon.
3: Yeah, but it's the 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 thing I like about the minivan, what what got me is that. It looks as though it's a diminutive pickup truck with just a hard shell atop the bed, yeah. you know?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, kind of, you're right about the, uh, the backyard look to it. Um, it seems like I saw a couple of these vehicles. Remember when that, uh, micro and mini car museum was around? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I want to say that he had a version of this, but I'm, i I could be wrong. I'll have to look through the inventory again.
3: Down in Madison, Georgia? Yeah, I
2: will have to, I'll have to definitely check it out, but, um, Man, there's, there's a lot to mention here. Now a couple of other things that, you know, we didn't get to here. There's the, the... The uh, van that you mentioned, so the minivan, which is kind of funny to say it that way, but um, the mini Moke, which uh, is kind of an unusual vehicle, open top. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of these around, believe it or not, um, 1964 to 1989. Yeah, that was that
3: was, for, that was around for a while. Yeah,
2: and I saw one just last summer, a bright yellow one that had kind of a it sounded like a little racing engine in it or something. It was on the street, mm-hmm. full roll cage and everything, and it was really cool. But if you have never, if you've never seen a mini Moke. Uh, take a look at it. There's one that shows up to the local uh, caffeine and carburetors type show that. Uh, oh yeah, that we have caffeine two. and octane, caffeine and octane, or whatever it is. Yeah, um, there's one that's in pretty rough rough condition that shows up there too. Um worth looking at. Mm-hmm. And then there was the Morris Mini K, uh which was an Australian only version that sold uh, all the way up until about 1971. Mm-hmm. Um so man, there's a, there's oh, a lot of these. Things. We
3: didn't mention the uh Morris Mini Traveler, the Austin Mini Countryman, mm-hmm. uh both of which uh were have pretty short production lines, right? That was only 8 years or so, 7 S- or 8 years, something like that. It was pretty short, like 61 to 69.
2: So some versions of these are are a lot more rare than other versions, you know, the the uh, I guess the uh, a two-door saloon that's the one that uh you know most of the vehicles were that and uh and you're going to see a lot of classic minis that are that are that design oh okay oh,
3: uh as a matter of fact uh well, you can see classic minis almost everywhere you look if you were looking in uh entertainment and films or television but before we get to any of that other stuff let's take a break uh let's get some coffee and water and have a word from our sponsors <laughs>
1: Offer subject to change, valid for qualified residential customers only, service not available in all areas, restrictions apply. All
2: right, so we're back now, and, uh, you know, we mentioned early on that, you know, this was, uh, and I, I kind of fumbled through this description of this, but how, how it was so iconic how it was so, uh, so very British to own one of these things, right? right? Now, I, they're, they're really, um, they're becoming, uh, I guess, omnipresent in in uh, Britain at this time. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're all over the place, and uh, a lot of influential and very popular people have these vehicles now. Actor Peter Sellers drove one. Uh, a couple of members of the Beatles drove these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were used in movies and in television. Uh, I think one of the mentions here is uh, the Mister Bean Show, which was nineteen ninety 1990 to nineteen ninety five. He had a, he drove a Mini, right? Um, and then, of course, how could we not mention the Italian Job?
3: I think we should go ahead and mention both Italian jobs, Oh, right? that's
2: right. Yeah, there's the classic in 1969. And the 200, 2003 mm-hmm. remake. Exactly, yeah, which I went to see at the theater. I did not see the uh, the classic in the theaters. I wish I had mm-hmm. on the big screen. That would have been yeah. really cool. But, um, yeah, both both versions of that film are pretty good. So, you know, check those out. And, uh, man, there's just so much about Minnie that is, again, it's just so classic, so iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you know, the, the, just the the British culture. I mean, it's it's what it's all about. And I, I I tell you, Ben, you know, one thing that I wanted to mention here during this podcast, and I haven't really gotten to it yet. All right. Um, and it doesn't really fit in here, but I'm going to do it anyways. The, it's a sidebar. The first, yeah, the sidebar. The first time I ever saw one of these things ever. Uh-huh. I was pretty young. I was a teenager driving. I think it was just a weekend, like a Sunday. You know what? I know it was a Sunday morning. Uh, I was driving outside of my neighborhood, and I saw this orange car pass by. And I'd never seen anything in my life like it. Never. And, uh, you know, I just, I hadn't really investigated these things. This is, this is before the days of the internet, and I wasn't really searching around for this stuff. Mm-hmm. And where I lived, there just weren't any other versions of this. So this orange car goes by, like bright orange, like, uh, like, you know. a uh, traffic cone orange. Traffic cone orange. That's what I was looking for. And, uh, I thought, what the heck was that? You know, it, it looks so cool. And I, I tried to follow it as we're near a lake, and, um, you know, so there's like twisty, turny roads, a couple of stoplights here and there. And it was a a woman who pulled into a church, and Mm -hmm. literally a little old lady that pulled into a church. And I saw where she parked, and I said, I have to know, what is this vehicle? (laughs) I I pulled up kind of next to it, and I said, I I just have to know, what is it? And she told me all about it and the story about it. And she said, "It, you know, it might be for sale. And I thought, well, this is really cool. So she gave me her phone number, and she told me to come by and take a look at it later. And I was looking for the time. Remember the MG that I mentioned I had? At the time, I didn't have the MG. And I was looking for a car to buy, and the only reason that I didn't buy that Mini that that we talked about just now was because it had uh, a bad synchro in second gear, and I, I was a little bit concerned about the transmission, and I right. went with the MG instead. But uh, I was this this close to buying that first, uh, the first Mini that I ever saw because it was just such a cool thing, and she even gave me a ride in it later. Um, it was just she was a really good person, really nice and fun to talk to, and it gave me a little bit of history about them. But I've been hooked ever since. I got to tell you. I, I don't want you to feel bad about this, Scott, because
3: regrets are unhealthy, but the <laughs> orange color makes me wonder if it's one of the infamous, the orange box. Oh, you know, you had no, that I nickname.
2: <laughs> yeah. That no, was this one is of a, early names. this, this for sure. This was, this was a, uh, um, Kind of a, a, a second-hand paint job. You know, it was, it was definitely not from the factory that way. They had painted it themselves, but it was well done. Everything was really nice about it. I loved the car. It was just that bad synchro that uh, it gave me kind of a bad feeling. Like, I don't want to buy an, an, another car, a toy car, that's immediately going to need a transmission. You know so, what I'm
3: talking about, though, when I say the orange box? I don't think I do. It's the 1957 original prototype. Really? It was called the orange box because of its uh, very noticeable orange color. Oh, I didn't know that. You might have, you might have been able to buy the original product. Oh, no, no that, I'm it, so, it totally can't be. It definitely was not. Don't it, feel but, bad. Uh,
2: but no, seriously, that, that was the very first mini that I ever saw in my whole life, uh-huh. and uh, and I was pretty young. You know, I was probably 18, 19, and uh, I was I was just super excited about it, and I nearly bought it just just mm-hmm. because. I had never seen anything like that. And once I started investigating it, do you remember you'd have to pick up uh, copies of, oh, what was that, not the Trading Times. Auto but, uh, Trader? Uh, no, it wasn't even Auto Trader. I'll think of it in a moment. But, okay. Um, but you had to pick up the copy of the magazine that had the little tiny, pers- you know, not mm. personal, but classified ads. Yeah. And if it didn't have what you wanted, that was it. You, know, you wasted you 75 were- cents on it, and that's it. You were SOL. I-, I started looking them up, and I started kind of finding them. And there were a few around town that I finally mm. went to look at and drive. And uh I was pretty excited about them but I quickly found out that the Cooper and the Cooper S were way out of my price range. Yeah. And those were the ones I wanted.
3: See, now I'm a, this is the thing. I'm a fan of big cars. I I appreciate it. I have had experiences before where I lived in my car for a little bit and uh you know, just an extra few cubic inches inside make a huge difference. So I was not naturally drawn to the idea of buying um, a Mini Cooper. And uh, when I see how convenient they are in a city, though, first off, it makes perfect sense for some of the more um, densely populated areas of the U.K. Uh, secondly, it makes some great sense. Can you imagine how convenient it is to park one of those things? Oh,
2: it's extremely easy. Yeah, I mean, I've, like I said, I've got limited experience behind the wheel. I mean, just those test drives after, after the orange one that I talked about where I just had a ride in it. But, um, they're extremely easy to maneuver and they're very, uh, very nimble. They handle well. They're, they're super quick, Mm -hmm. uh, because they're lightweight, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the classics were. Um, they get great mileage. They're just, uh, it's, it seems like it's just a, it's a good purchase all around. I mean, now the problem is, um, you know, they're not as safe as modern vehicles. That is Um, true. So if you're looking for something that has, you know, all the airbags and the bells and whistles. Collision points, crumple zones. Exactly. And it may not be the best, you know, application for, uh, you know, snowy Michigan winter either where I was looking. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, that was, it was going to be a toy car, really. I mean, I knew it was. So just like the MG eventually would be. Right. Like Um, it
3: might not be, it might not be the best road trip car for with a group of people because it is, I'll give, I'll give you this. It's one of those cars that when you sit inside of it, it looks like it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside mm-hmm. because the space is very well used.
2: Yeah, you get inside and you're surprised at how big it is inside. I mean, right. even in the back seat. I mean, it's a little cramped, of course, because yeah. you know the. Uh, I'm going to talk about dimensions at the end of this podcast, I promise. Because there's uh, there's some because we still have to do the comparison. Surprising stuff there. But before we do that, um, you know what I want to do? I'd like to talk about a couple of awards and then an event that uh, not a lot of people really heard about, but maybe should have. Um if okay. <laughs> that, that'll intrigue you a little bit. Here, but, I'm intrigued. But there have been a lot of awards for the classic mini along the way, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. I mean, the forty one year production run. So uh these are some of maybe the most notable examples. There's the Car of the Century Award mm-hmm. from Auto Car Magazine in nineteen ninety five. There's the number one classic car of all time award, which is from Classic and Sports Car Magazine in nineteen ninety six. Uh there's also the European Car of the Century Award, which was really that was part of a poll, I guess, a worldwide mm-hmm. Internet poll that was run by uh, Global Automotive Elections Foundation in 1999. And then, I don't know, this may be one of the bigger ones. And they didn't actually outright win this one. I think this is the most prestigious one. I think it is. Now, this this last one, a uh, huge achievement for many. They won this, and this, they didn't win. This is second place. Mm-hmm. But get this, this is for Global Car of the Century, uh, which was in the same poll. And they came in second place behind... Uh, behind the Ford Model T. Yeah, so, th- I mean, is that really losing? I mean, because... I don't how, think that's really losing. How can you battle the Ford Model T? I mean, that's obviously gonna be the, uh, the global car of the century, I would think. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what it's, that's really what the, all this is about.
3: I think the Ford Model T is gonna be number
2: one in that ranking for a very long time. <laughs> I think so, maybe, yeah, I mean, a long, long time. So anyways, the second place in that poll is really, to me... It's like first place in any other that's poll. That's like that's like a victory. Now... Yeah. Uh, those are the awards, the criticisms. There's criticisms about um, the new mini.
3: Oh yes, okay. So we're
2: you're going to list
3: some of these, but we were already talking about how maybe later we're going to do another part, uh, another
2: podcast with the mini, right? Maybe, yeah. We're going to talk about the uh, the new mini later, and there'll be a lot of positives in there. But, okay. but Let's I want to point. The I, I just want to say that you know the the there are a lot of major awards for the classic mini, and I'm sure that there were criticisms along the way. Mm-hmm. But as you find, you know, with the when you read these reviews a lot of the criticisms come from the new Mini, the, the BMW version. And the reason is because you've got people that hold on to uh, what they hold dear with the classic Mini, and they compare it and contrast it, and they don't like what they see. Because these are guys, these two that I'm going to mention here, that have experience with uh, the classic Mini more so than the new Mini. Mm-hmm. And uh, just I mean, just to give you an idea, like the, this one is a, uh, an automotive journalist. His name is Dan Neal. Okay. And he said, with the introduction of the of the countryman, Many has pushed the mark beyond relevance by making a car so long, wide, and tall, it forsakes the inner logic of the brand, which is excellent hand- handling in a tiny space. I see. And, so that's, that's, alright, that's pretty, uh, a lot I of mean, criticism there. That's It's, uh, it's his it's opinion, but it is a valid difference. Now, there's another guy named Dr. Alex Moulton. And Dr. Alex Moulton has an even, uh, I guess an even tighter, um, bond with this now. He's, uh, he he was the suspension system, uh, suspension system designer for the original two-door mini the classic so mm-hmm. he's got hands-on experience with the original mini part designer you know of, of some of the internal components of this thing um in an interview with uh, mini world magazine he said it's enormous uh referring to the bmw mini in yeah. 2006 um the original mini was the best packaged car of all time this is an example of how not to do it he says it's huge on the outside and it weighs as much as an austin maxi um, the crash protection has been taken way too far. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> it says, it "says What do you want?" I mean, what do you want? An armored car? <laughs> it's the the irrelevance is so far uh, that that it has no part in the mini story. So he's really, really saying that, you know, this, this is just not the thing for him. But, you know, again, this is some guy that was intimately involved with the development of the classic mini. He's obviously going to have some, uh, some, some bad feelings towards the new mini. I mean, that's, uh, that's an extreme, of course.
3: Right. But also in their defense, the, um, I have two responses to that. One sure. in their defense and one just a point about that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. First point being that it's in the name, Scott. It's supposed to be small. Now- so I, See some validity to what they're saying. That's what I feel, Ben. Yeah, second point, and and I think this has to be said, second point, whether we're talking Star Wars or classic cars, people who are fans are usually fans of the the early stuff, the first thing they encountered. So there, I'm sure that there are quite a few younger people who... Maybe prefer the new mini.
2: Oh, absolutely. And they'll say, like, why would you ever buy that classic mini? That thing's a piece of junk. Right. And before anybody writes an email, I don't like jar jar Binks either. (laughs) So yeah, I guess it's all, it's all perspective. It's all where you come from, you know, your first experience and, and what you, what you think is, uh, is valuable in something like this. Which doesn't make
3: it invalid at all. It just makes it your opinion. No,
2: no. Everybody's got their own opinion. And those two that I just mentioned, those two critics, uh, you know, they've got their own opinion, of course. And there's, there's other people that are just, you know, about how great uh, the, the current BMW Mini is, and, right. and they love that one compared to the classic. So, you know, look around, you'll find you know different versions of all this. Now, oh, uh, speaking of comparisons, yeah, comparisons. I've got uh, I've got paper stapled together here with notes all over it, and I'll I'll keep it quick. Right. Uh, but there's a comparison between the uh, 1964 uh, Mini Cooper S and then the 2006 BMW Mini Cooper S. So, it's an apples to apples comparison, I guess, right? In theory. In theory. Now, remember, this is, uh, these are, what, forty three, forty two 42 years apart, mm-hmm. um, these vehicles. So, here's the difference. Um, the 64 had about 70 horsepower. The 2006 has 163 horsepower. Wow. Uh, the torque for the same vehicle, again, 64, 62 foot pounds. Um, the torque for the 2006 Mini is 154.9 foot-pounds, so a considerable amount more torque yes, as well. So a lot more. So a lot, more, lot more power. Uh, the brake size went up considerably in 2006. It went up from 7.5 in the uh, – and, and uh, also drum power-assist rear brakes in the 1964 version. It went up to 10.9 inches, and now it has discs in the back with ABS and electronic brake distribution. So um, – it's far more advanced, far bigger brakes, far better stopping capability. Sure. Um, and the reason that it needs more stopping capability is because the weight, Ben. Now, this is uh one of the big things.
3: Ah, uh, okay. I was hoping right, you'd get so, to this one.
2: So dimensions, I mean, I guess we'll talk about dimensions in just a moment, but I want to point out here that the weight has more than doubled in the current Mini from the classic Mini. It was originally, it was 1,250 pounds. The newer version is Twenty five hundred and thirteen pounds, so it's uh, it's more than double the original weight of the, of the classic Mini. Um, that's because of the, uh, the the exterior dimensions, all the safety gear that it carries now. You know all the airbags and electronic systems, the ABS, the electronic brake distribution, uh, brake force distribution, all that stuff. The, uh, the length of the vehicle, now, it's nearly two feet longer than the Classic Mini. Um, the Classic Mini was 123 inches, which is about 10 feet. Right. Uh, the, the current Mini is about 142.8 inches, so it's uh, 20 inches longer. Uh, it's also 20 inches wider, and it's also three inches taller than the Classic Mini. So it's a considerably bigger package that this, yeah. this thing is coming in. And, uh, again, all that weight is probably a lot of safety equipment, a lot of, uh, you know, um, you know, bolstering of the uh, of the 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 side, you know, the impact doors, the and, panels, yeah, yeah, the panels and all that stuff. I mean, well, also to be fair, and I know that I'm just playing devil's
3: advocate for everybody now, and I just switched sides to defend the the new mini. But to be <laughs> fair, for in in the new mini situation, um, between the '60s and '2000s, uh, there are so many more safety regulations.
2: That are required to be put in vehicles. Well, they have to have that stuff in there, right? Uh, to, to legally be sold. I mean, there's a there's a big, big difference in this thing now. Remember, I mentioned that, and I'm going to get to that in just a second. But mm. the, you know, the top speed um, the original was about 90 miles per hour. Yeah. Um, now the top speed of this one is something like 135 and a half. It's electronically uh-huh. limited to that. So. A lot better high speed, or top speed, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know what? I thought I read that the original Mini was 70 miles per hour, but... Well, the um,
3: original the original was 70,
2: I think, when they were prototyping. Oh, and the Mini were... and the Mini Cooper S, it yeah. really upped it. So another 20 yeah. miles per hour, mm-hmm. so 90 miles per hour, something like that. You're right. You're right. So that's the, the original specs. Now, man... The other thing that this uh this this plays into is the zero to sixty times. Now zero to sixty was thirteen seconds on the uh, in the uh, nineteen sixty four Mini Cooper S. Okay. Um, it's not gonna win a race. That is not super fast, I'll tell you that. Um and uh zero to sixty in the uh, two thousand six BMW Mini is something like seven and a half seconds. Uh so it's roughly half the original um yeah, the so
3: in a lot of ways it looks like it's twice um twice the power more than twice the power uh and about half the acceleration time
2: so they're so that's re-
3: twice as quick so they're really emphasizing performance
2: sure now one thing that uh, that really is is pretty shocking is when you look at the uh, miles per gallon remember i mentioned miles per gallon in the original 50 mpg 50 miles per gallon in the uh, in the mini cooper s now um Is this, this going to make me angry? Uh, maybe a little bit, but the right. 2006 BMW mini The miles per gallon, uh, the EPS estimates were 29 miles per gallon.
3: Okay. All right. Wait. Stop there. Because, uh, the, uh, Mr. Moulton's criticism of the size of the mini. Sure. The the size,
2: the weight, the, uh, the the safety things, the uh, options that they had to carry.
3: I understand that. And I, I do respect somebody's opinion there. But then again, you know, I made that point about fans and about, um, somebody's opinion being valid doesn't mean you have to agree with it. But 50. Dropping to the 20s per mile per gallon. Scott, this car was originally conceived to uh, be a, a
2: fuel saver. Sure. And, tw- and, it, and, you know, granted, that's not that bad. Well, and it was for, for 41 years. Yeah I mean, that's uh, that's where you got to look at that too. I mean when it when it you know came into this newer model, this new evolution, mm-hmm. uh the the restrictions on this thing were so much more and I know that the Mini gained weight over the years as well. I know that you know other things were <laughs> you're selling you're talking about somebody. That's right. Over the 41 years it did gain significant weight just like I have. Uh, but uh but boom. yeah. So anyways, I know the interior became a lot more uh plush along the way, you know. Sure. The seats weren't quite as spartan as they were. You know, there're more gauges here and there. They're you know just uh, little things along the way that add up, and they continually add up and add up. And then by the time you get to 2006, you know, of course, it's a complete redesign.
3: Well, also, it's BMW, so they
2: want to have a certain... they want to avoid brand dilution of course and you know this is a it's a solid car i mean it's a it's it's well built everything i'm not i'm not you're not knocking it i'm not down on the bmw mini at all by any means but um i'm just saying compared to the original you know it's twice as heavy gets uh far less miles per gallon of course you know because of the the uh the weight it's and all a, it's that. a very different vehicle I mean, i think we've beat this into the ground already we probably yeah. shouldn't go anymore but okay it's a completely different vehicle
3: before we go get out of here do you have one more thing? I
2: have one more thing that I'd like to include. One more thing. So recently, Ben, my uh, my dad was on this uh, on this trip, this kind of like all around Michigan road trip, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, he and he and he and his wife and another couple were on this trip, and they were they're traveling to you know scenic places all around the state of Michigan where they live. Oh, that's and, cool. And uh, so they were going all around the coast, and you know to the, the Sleeping Bear Dunes and all that, you know, staying overnight in all these places. And uh, one of the places they went to was uh, was Mackinac City. And Mackinac City is way, way at the, at the extreme northern end of the lower peninsula of Michigan. And there's of course the lower peninsula, the upper peninsula. And they're connected by the Mackinac Bridge. It's a five mile bridge that connects again the lower PUP, I'm sorry, the lower peninsula and the upper peninsula. And then from there you can drive on into Canada. And so this bridge, this Mackinac Bridge was having this, uh, well, not the Mackinac Bridge, but part of the Mackinac Bridge and, um, and a, a local mini dealer, a, a local BMW mini dealer, um, along with some kind of a, I think it was just a, an enthusiast group, uh, were getting together, this is the day they were in Mackinac. They were having this, uh, this mini event and, so they get to, to Mackinac and there's, Literally, it seems like a thousand minis wow. in the town, and he's saying, "Well, what, what's going on? You know, it's got to be a club event of some kind." Sure. Turns out they were doing something called Mini on the Mac, and uh, it's it's a parade of Mini Coopers that was going to cross the Mackinac Bridge uh, to try to see how many Mini Coopers they could get on the Mackinac Bridge at one time. And it turns out that, that that day they fell short of the record. Um, they only they were able to achieve four hundred and I'm sorry, eight hundred and forty eight Mini Coopers on the bridge at one time. The record, which was set, um, when was it set? I think it was set in two thousand nine, is one thousand four hundred and fifty Mini Coopers on the bridge at one time. So uh, they did. They fell short of that record, but the, the one thing that that I, the reason I really looked this up, and I can show you some photos of, sure. of this event happening. Um, again, it's called Mini on the Mac. You can look it up. Um, my dad said that you know he he talked to some guy who was there, and the guy had looked kind of frazzled. And he had just showed up that, like, just at that moment, and he said, I just want to be part of it, because I'm, I'm a mini owner, I'm from Mackinac City, and I didn't, I didn't even hear about this event until today when all these minis rolled into town. So I think that the word just didn't get out fast enough to make this record really happen. You know, it wasn't widespread enough. You know, I think so they, there's always next year. Yeah, I think next year, because they just need to just spread the word a little more and, uh, and get some people out there. But, you know, again, 848 minis on Mackinac Bridge at one mm-hmm. time, that's still pretty impressive, but, uh, that's like, What is that, like 600 short of the record? So Yeah, the
3: record is 1,400 and what?
2: 450. 1,450. So, yeah, there's 600 more for next year. So if you're a mini owner, Mm -hmm. pay attention to something called mini on the Mac next year
3: look up Mini and the Mac. Be a part of world record history. Setting world records is cool. Man,
2: Ben, I feel like I've just been all over the place in this podcast. I hope uh, I hope it's somehow gelled together into the uh, the classic Mini story.
3: <laughs> I, I You know what? I think we have gelled into the classic Mini story. We've also visited some other places along the way, and I really like ending with Mini on the Mac because it's cool to end with something that people can directly involve themselves in. You mm-hmm. yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah,
2: so watch for it next year. It happened early August this year. i have no idea when it's coming up next year but i would assume around the same time
3: and in the meantime you can let us know what you think about your mini about the new minis because i'm sure we're going to hear about it um is the new mini a different car is it a mini in cooper in name only uh we'd love to hear your opinion maybe send some photos of yourself uh with your trusty cooper i would love to see that I, i i'm a big fan of these vehicles You can visit our website, carstuffshow.com to see, uh, to hear this podcast again, to hear all of our podcasts, to check out this, uh, nifty blog thing that you and I are doing now, Scott. Uh, we've even got some videos there and you can drop us a line on Facebook. You can send us a, uh, what's it called? A tweet on Twitter. Uh, or you can write an email to us directly. We are
2: carstuff at discovery.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com.
4: This episode of Car Stuff is brought to you by Michelin.